Hey, and welcome to Top Shelf Tech. Um, today we're speaking with Greg Cross, who is the co-founder of Soul Machines. Welcome, Greg. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Ryan. No worries. Hey, um, so why don't we start off by telling me telling me a bit about the story of Soul Machines? It's got a, a really interesting uh, background, and just hearing about the convergence between all these innovations and breakthroughs you're making. Yeah, um, so the, the, the company uh, is we're just about four years old. So, you know, it's, um, you know, so our fourth birthday is uh, it's around the 14th of July. I think it's I think the 14th of July is when we is the fourth year since the company was founded. Um, of course, the story sort of goes back um, further than that um, in that the um, my co-founder and my business partner at Soul, Soul Machines is um, Dr. Mark Sager. Um, Oscar-winning animator, um, uh, academic researcher who, you know, post his the work he he, he did with um, Weta Studios and um, James Cameron on movies like Hong Kong and and Avatar set up a research lab at the University of Auckland to really explore, you know, a, a whole new generation of animation. You know, so if you think about um, the work he did. Uh, in, in a movie like Avatar, which we all loved, um, you know, that's all what we call motion capture-based animation. So it's all pre-recorded. Um, it's, you know, incredibly high quality, but it's, you know, the, the scenes, the stories are acted by real people. The, the animation, the facial animation, the gestures are all captured as data via motion capture cameras and then replayed um, across the top of the CGI characters to bring them to life. Um, and that's great for, you know, when you've got huge multi-million dollar budgets and lots of time to animate um, digital characters. And, you know, what Mark saw, you know, incredibly saw was this um, new era of AI, of artificial intelligence, where, um, you know, we, we would you know, want to be able to animate digital characters in an incredibly lifelike, interactive way so that they could, um, so that these digital characters could, you know, interact with us in the same way as which you and I are interacting now face-to-face, -face, you know, responding not just to what I'm hearing and what I'm saying, but, you know, with the emotions on your face. So, you know, you're creating that full you know, what, what we call multi-channel experience. So um, so Mark had set up a research lab to explore this concept we call, I mean, we now refer to as autonomous animation. How do you make, you know, incredibly high quality digital people, how do you bring them to life, you know, in an AI world, which, you know, it has to be autonomous animation. And so to give you, a, give that concept of autonomous animation, you and I are autonomously animated. Um, we are animated by our brain. So our brain in this conversation, you know, um, you know, my brain is choosing the words. It's choosing the gestures I use. You know, so you know, we are animated in the moment by our brain. So Mark's, I guess, core thesis and the work he started way back in 2012 was if, if we're going to autonomously animate CGI characters, um, we have to build the concept of a digital brain. So that's where the research behind Soul Machines started back in 2012. So, um, and, and so what Mark and his team of researchers, and so a broad range of 
you know, very, very deep science skills that he pulled together, neuroscientists, psychologists, um, uh, to create a working model of uh, human brain so that our CGI um, characters would see and respond and talk and interact in real time in exactly the same way that we are, we are doing here. Um, I got introduced to Mark in um, around January of 2016 um, when he was starting to think about spinning um, uh, his lab out of the university and um, we literally did, it, did, did the very Kiwi thing of having a beer. Uh, we decided we liked each other um, over that beer. And, and, you know, there's always beer involved. Um, and, and so literally, um, you know, we've been working together ever since, really. We, we spun the company out of the university in July of 2016. At exactly the same time, we, we took on our first round of funding from Horizons Ventures, one of the leading AI investment um, venture capitalists in the world. It was a seven and a half million US dollar round. Um, and um, so we spun out of the university and Soul Machines was created. So that, that, that's sort of the origins of, of where we started. And, you know, I think most people will have seen or, or, or heard of Baby X, which was, um, which was you know, a digital likeness of Mark's then two-year-old daughter. Um, he created and brought to life as a completely autonomous digital baby. So, you know, you know, on one hand, you know, we're, you know, we're, you know, we're, you know, we're one of the most advanced CGI and animation, and certainly the most advanced animation company on the world. But we're also one of the most advanced, you know, artificial general intelligence research companies um, in the world. And um, AGI is this emerging field of artificial intelligence. So, People often ask me what AI is, and AI is like, for me, it's like this really big bucket of a whole bunch of different technologies, you know, machine learning, deep learning, uh, facial recognition technology, object re recognition technology. These are all part of the AI spectrum. Um, um, but, you know, one of the questions people ask is, well, you know, if AI is going to become more human-like, you know, how are we going to develop artificial general intelligence, a sort of human context and the human intelligence? And, and that's really our field of study. And so, you know, we, we regard ourselves, you know, um, you know, the industry regards ourselves, you know, and you know, we prove, have to prove this to ourselves on a regular basis by going out and attracting, you know, some of the, attracting the top AI investors in the world to become part of our family. So, um, you know, we, 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 we are, one of the top, you know, two or three AGI research companies on the planet, and and that's not, you know, that's not, um, e you know, that's not cheap to fund because you know it's a very very big team of people as you'd expect, uh, 150 people around the uh, the globe. Our Series B B funding round was 40, just over 40 million US. That's 65 million US raised to date. So, you know, it's a, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and it's, and it's a relatively complex um, um, research and commercialization strategy that's required to be successful. One of the things I find really interesting about your origin story is that you kind of started from CGI and animation and then moved into AI, whereas one of, um, I guess, one of the applications, one of the biggest applications of your product, from what I understand, is Putting a face to the actual AI, so things like virtual digital assistants and stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, can you tell me a bit about that that kind of application and where you see that heading in the next ten or fifteen years? Yeah. So yeah. So Mark always envisaged that you know. So AI was has always been a part of what we're about because you know as you know as an AI research company, you know the 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 logic sort of goes like this. You know. Um, the reality is, as people, we're going to spend more and more of our lives interacting with AI. Now, you know, most people think about when we start to interact with AI, but the simple reality is, you know, we're interacting with AI literally every day today already. You know, you know, through you know, if we're buying stuff on Amazon, we're using social media. All of these platforms are, are driven by AI-based technology. So, AI is already part of our lives. The AI is now being applied as, if you like, an extension to an operating system for just about any type of machine you could think about. So, you know, what we think deeply about is, you know, if we're going to spend more of our time interacting with machines, as people, you know, we have to learn how to relate to them and we have to learn how to trust those machines. Um, now, you know, you know, we, we know through human nature, we learn to relate to people, we learn to trust people through face-to-face -face interaction. Not, you know, most of us don't fall in love down a phone line, for example. You know, you know, um, you know most of us, you know, um, you know, prior to this era that we're in now, most of us, you know, if we're looking at having a, you know, signing a multi-million dollar contract with a client, you know, we'd want to sit across the table and, and get to know each other um, in, you know, a very, very human-like way. So face-to-face -face communication becomes a very, very important part of relationships and trust. So, you know, the, you know, think of the core thesis here that, you know, if, you know, we want machines to be more like us, we want them to be more relatable and trustable, you know, we need to create a multi-channel communication uh, platform. And, th and that's what really what, you know, Soul Machines has always been about. It's about how we as people will communicate and interact and learn to relate and trust ma the machines that we're, the amazing machines that we're creating that are going to become a bigger and bigger part of our future. So that's, you know, that's the context for um, why what we're doing is, you know, so important in this era of AI. So it doesn't matter whether that, you know, you're using AI with some of the existing work we're doing today to create, you know, what we call the future of customer experience. Um, you know, a customer experience where you can have a highly personalized interaction with a brand representative from, you know, from your smartphone. Um, um, you know, even more relevant in today's world where, you know, I know we're, you know, back to the, you know, we're, we're back to adjusting to the new normal in New Zealand and, you know, we can go back into shops and restaurants, but in most of the rest of the world, you know, um, you know, if we want to go shopping, it means online shopping and online shopping is not a brand, um, not, not a particularly personal brand experience. So, um, you know, not the sort of personal brand experience we're, we're used to with, when you go into a retail store, for example. So, you know, th these are some of the opportunities that are emerging for us as a result of the COVID-19 era and the new world that we're emerged from. We, we've seen, you know, e-commerce shift quite dramatically and increase quite dramatically over a very, very short period of time. Um, and, you know, those sort of get, you know, everybody expects those trends to continue. So as we're starting to see more growth and 
e-commerce as a total percentage of what we spend or what the retail sector generates, that means um, um, organizations, companies, brands have got to find ways to create these pers- you know, highly personalized brand um, um, interactions. Hi, Ryan. Nice to see you today. You know, um, you know, we've got some, you know, we've got a great range of black t-shirts in this, this week and we know you love black t-shirts. You know, so, you know, that's, these are some of the things that we think about in terms of the AI world that, you know, that, that we're creating. And, and that world is going to, you know, extend and um, grow exponentially going forward. I mean, AI is an exponential technology. You know, AI learns from every single transaction, every single piece of data, every, you know, in our case, every single interaction. So, um, you know, we're only really at the beginning of what's going to be an incredibly exciting era for, you know, for, for, for everybody. What I find interesting is that a lot of companies are only just starting to adopt things like chatbots and, you know, people have used IVR before, but nowhere near advanced is what you guys are doing, you know, dynamic interactions with a human kind of face. Um, mm. what, do you, what, do you, what do you think is stopping people from taking up this kind of technology? Is it just... Uh, experience or is it um, perception or um, you know, look I think you know things happen at, at, in different you know different rates in different parts of the world um, you know so I mean we, you know with the sort of money you know as a business you know we you know with the sort of investment that we require you know um, you know our major focus is the US market you know my mm. our business is headquartered in San Francisco so R&D is you know research and development is here in Auckland but you know all of my business all of our business executives are, uh, are in the US so um, you know so this is so, uh, you know, um, so um, technologies, you know, you know, follow the adoption curve. So that's a fairly well-known, you know, technology um, market evolution, where you know, over a distribution curve. So, I mean, by and large, AI has sat for most companies and most industries, you know, in that early market, early adopter phase, you know, uh, and as a result of that, that you know, that means companies. Like us, you know, who you know, who look at that early adopter phase, you know, you really have to select and make sure you're prosecuting the right types of customers, you know, first. Because you know, if you're selling to a customer that isn't an early adopter, you spend a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of effort educating them rather than selling stuff. And you know, at the end of the day, my investors like us to sell stuff and grow quickly. So. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, so part of it comes down to where AI and where technology sit, like ours sits on the adoption curve. So that's part of it. Um, um, but, you know, you know we, we're now, we, we, you know, we're now entering into an era where um, interest in AI, interest in technologies like ours that can enable and create these highly personalized customer experiences can communicate, you know, incredibly effectively, you know, during a crisis. I mean, you know, a digital person can scale from 100 instances to 100,000 instances like that, you know, no core wait times, you know. In an era like COVID-19 where the information and the regulations and the rules around what we can and can't do might change overnight, you know, you update it once and it's available to everybody. So, you know, this has been a, a great period of time for for us to be able to explain and for people to be under, be able to understand why why this is going to be such a, an important technology. Um, we we now sort of frame the the period we're in. So the last ten years, 
you know, we've all heard a lot of talk about the concept of digital transformation, you know, making industries more efficient, more competitive by deploying digital technology. Well, you know, we've now, you know, COVID-19 has forced us all to shift gear and we're now in, you know, what, what, we, what I call or what we call the digital now era. Um, it's a race to digital. So, you know, the competitive ecosystems and structures of many industries have now been completely disrupted. You know, I mean, if you think of the, I don't know, the aviation industry, you know, the economics, the infrastructure, you know, you know, that industry is going to, we have no doubt, will rebuild itself, but the whole structure of that industry, the cost, the way they deliver service, the customer experiences, the way they price their services is going to change completely um, as it grows back. And so, you know, innovation now, innovation in a crisis actually becomes a really, really important part of of this period of time. Um, you know, you can, you know, you get two choices, you know, in a period, you know, like this, you can, you can do nothing and be, you know, and hide and, you know, not accept, you know, uh, because you see all of the enormous challenges and uncertainties, or you can look for the opportunities and invest, um, and so that you can come out much, you know, stronger and in a, in a much better position on the other side of it as economies recover, as industries recover. So these are, you know, the, the, this sort of, um, you know, hopefully explains for people who are listening some of the, you know, some of the fundamental changes that are going on in the in the world of artificial intelligence and in the, in the world of digital customer engagement at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's certainly interesting. I think that bit you mentioned a bit earlier around educating um, customers is really interesting. Uh, the, the public perception of AI, you know, how, how has that changed with all these sci-fi movies out there and, you know, people like Elon Musk talking about the dangers of AI? How hard is that for you to overcome? Yeah, look, I think, I mean, that, and that's a really, really important debate, and it's a really, and it's absolutely critically important. Um, yeah, now, it, it is, you know, I mean, it, you know, science fiction obviously paints a very dystopian view of of our future world, and, and for some reason, we as people are entertained by this dystopian view of our future world. I, I you, know, you know, when you stop and think about it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, you know, we... We, 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 we actually get entertained by the, the concept that, you know, the robots are coming to kill us. So, you know, go figure. Um, you know, in reality, um, you know, we're a long way away from, you know, having all of the technology, you know, to make robots that intelligent and, um, and that smart. We're a long way away from that. And, you know, and, and there is still much debate, you know, amongst people who are far smarter than me about whether or not, AI will ever achieve that sort of um, moment of the singularity where, where AI is an, as an intelligent as human beings. I mean, people debate it. Some people say it will happen. Some people say it, it, it won't. You know, you know, I guess we'll find out at some point in the future. Um, but, you know, I mean, we have, as, you know, we have a much more, you know, I think there's two ways to look at this. I mean, one is, you know, we've, ne- we've learnt, you know, through experience and we've, you know, through, uh, we've learned from social media that these platforms have the ability to bring both good and bad things to our societies and our communities and our lives. You know, um, so we've seen you know platforms like social media, um, you know, things like data privacy, uh, you know, offensive um, 
material, you know, and, and a regulatory framework that has struggled to keep up with it or even struggles to comprehend and understand it. So, you know, you know, so part of the answer to your question is, you know, we think it's really, really important that there is, you know, um, open um, debate around the ethics and the frameworks we want to establish in society for the use of AI. So, you know, I mean, we as a company, you know, uh, as, you know, our board, you know, most board, board of directors have, um, you know, they have an audit and risk committee, committee, they have a remuneration committee. We also have an ethics committee. So, you know, um, because, you know, um, our, you know, we want to make sure that we as a company are being proactive in the way in which we establish an ethical framework for our industry you know, around things like personal data, um, around things like, you know, um, you know it, industries that we may not, you know, we, we don't want to be involved in. You know, um, you know, we don't want, you know, you, you know, we don't want to ha um, create digital politicians, um, you know, who can disrupt, uh, who can disrupt, you know, further disrupt the, our concepts of, you know, democracy. And uh, so we don't want to enable that. You know, we don't want to um, enable a, a digital sex industry, for example. So these are things that we as a company, now, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not, um, it's not my job to ju make past judgment on any one of those industries and people who work on them. You know, you know, we as a company need to make a decision as to what we want to be involved in and how we want our technology to use. So that's one answer to it. And then the the second part of this is the the jobs question. You know, um, and you know, we are we have a much more utopian view of the future. And in that utopian view is, you know, these machines we are creating are coming to help us, you know, to, to make our lives more productive, to help us solve, you know, refocus labor on bigger problems and bigger issues that exist in our society. I mean, um, is it a problem if we only have to work 20 hours a week? And you know we can spend more of our times and more more time in our families and in our communities. Is that really a problem? Um, I think people get hung up on the income question related to that, and sure. realizing that it has to act in a kind of a greater system than just autonomy. Yeah, and you know, and, and look, I mean, look, I, you know, look, we don't. Society doesn't have the answers to all of these. I mean, people are pro proposing answers and floating ideas, universal basic income, you know, tax on robots, are ideas that have been floated around. But, you know, one, one thing that, you know, I remain optimistic about is that, you know, ultimately the goodness of my, the majority of people in the world today. Um, you know, if we learn anything from the last industrial revolution, I mean, the question I always ask people is, you know, tell me, you know, the last industrial revolution when we bought electricity in, into our factories, who was the most disrupted group of um, uh, workers in that in that era? You know, and most people, you know, don't get it right. Well, you know, we eliminated child slave labor in factories. You know, and as a result of eliminating child slave labor in factories, we created a modern education system, which became, which is the foundation of our public education system today. So, you know. Um, you, you, you know, you, I guess this is something where we have to trust ourselves. We, um, you know, to find the right answers and come up with the the right solutions at the right time. And and I say, there's always lessons that we can, you know, you know, most things that ha ha that happen in life, we can look at, you know, what's happened before and you know the way in which we've responded to, to some of these things. So, I mean, that, that's you know, I guess a couple of thoughts uh, you know, that we have. You know, we see tremendous opportunities and 
in sectors like education and healthcare. Um, we don't train enough teachers anymore. We don't train enough doctors anymore. I mean, you know, one of the you know most amazing pieces of you know um, innovation for us to come out of this era is you know a project we la have launched with the World Health Organization to to create a digital health worker called Florence. Um, you know, to help dispel some of the myths and and fake news about COVID-19 on a global stage. Um, you know, so, you know, the, the, you know, there's always, you know, and, and is, is that useful? Is that making, having, a, excuse me, a positive impact on society? Of course it is. So, you know, I mean, yeah, we, we, we certainly have a very, very optimistic view of, you know, the future that we're part of creating. And we're also, you know, trying to make sure we learn the lessons of the, the big data era, the social media area, you know, and all the all the areas around, you know, capture and use of personal data without people really understanding, you know, what's going on. So, so yeah, that that that's some of the component pieces and some of how we look at it. I've, yeah, I think the COVID nineteen thing was really interesting. I saw what you'd done in that space, creating digital humans to be able to give accurate, kind of up to date information directly from the CDC. Um, look, I think that's been been an awesome kind of overview of AI in general, as well as soul machines. What soul mach machines are doing? Um, it sounds like you've got an interesting path ahead of you. So, thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the, the you know the, the good news, the fun, if you like, in many respects, and and this is a lot of fun. You know, I hope you know you can tell. You know, this is something. You know, we're having an amazing. You know, going to work every day, um, helping solve problems in completely new ways is something we really, really enjoy. And and as I said um, a little bit, a few minutes ago, it's a journey that's really only just be just beginning. So, going to be uh, you know hugely exciting. You know, um, ten years ahead. Awesome. Look forward to seeing it. Thanks for joining us, Greg.